and uh, I was thinking, I was thinking that titling my message this morning, Hope is not just the cute little girl that's moving in at the down, down at the end of our street, which by the way, there is a cute little girl named Hope moving in down at the end of our street, but hope is so much more than that. So we're here to celebrate this morning, this first Sunday of Advent, this, this thing called hope. So I'm going to move over here to the, hello. I'm going to give you a, just a, an opportunity to prepare for the end of the service right now. Because what we're going to do at the end of the service is we're going to all come forward. We're going to come forward to, to give our offering. There'll be someone here to receive that. We're going to come forward. If you're new here today, I would love for you to fill out one of those cards. Just to give us your information so that we can follow up with you. We're going to, you can give that when you come forward too. And then you're going to come and not only give, you're going to come and receive. You're going to receive the bread and the juice. And we're going to, we're going to share the Lord's Supper together, all together, standing here together, one big family. Now I'm excited that we're going to be crowded up here today. I'm excited that that's going to be the case. We're going to have, we'll all be up here together. So you can be prepared to come forward to do that at the end of the service. Well, the word Advent, which is what we celebrate today, the word Advent comes from the, from the Latin word adventus, meaning arrival or a coming, particularly something having great importance. So Advent is a period of spiritual preparation for us to make ourselves ready, right? Ready for the arrival or the birth of Jesus Christ. And nothing or no one has had greater impact on the world that we live in today than Jesus. And I, and I hope that's true in your life. I hope that's true that Jesus has impacted you more than anyone else or any other thing in this life. And we know that's not true for everybody, but we know that it is possible for everybody to have that experience. And we long for that. We want that. As followers of Jesus, we want everyone to have that experience. That's part of our mission statement, is everyone to have, to experience the compassionate love of the Father. Everyone needs that. So celebrating Advent typically involves a season of prayer, maybe fasting, which probably all of us could do a little bit of that after Thanksgiving, just to prepare for Christmas. A time of repentance, a time of anticipation of the hope and the peace and the joy and the love that is in Jesus. So Amy lit this candle of hope this morning, and that will be the focus of our time. Now, I, I realize that in some traditions, they light the Christ candle in the center in Christ, at Christmas Eve. Well, I thought, you know what? I want Jesus to be present here with us from the very beginning, and everything else comes from him. So we'll light all the other things from the center candle of who Christ is. Speaking of Christmas Eve, we, uh, Phil's going to check with the school. We're going to see if the school's available that night. It may or may not be. Uh, and if it's not available, then we're not going to be able to have a Christmas Eve service. But if it is, then we'll gather here together and we'll celebrate. It'll be a short, intimate service together early in the evening, so then you can go on and be with the rest of your family. So we'll, we'll keep you posted on that. We'll see, see what happens. Speaking of hope, now you see these boxes up here at the front of the stage. This is not all of them. There's a few more to come. These are boxes that are going to go to families this Saturday coming up on a thing called the Day of Hope, which I thought was pretty fascinating that here we are talking about it and now we're going to celebrate on Saturday. The Day of Hope, it's going to be hosted at the Rock of Kansas City, the Rock of KC, right outside on 92 Highway in Winan, I think, right? Is it 92 Highway turn right on Winan? But all week long, people are going to be bringing food, they're going to be preparing donations for over probably close to 300 families that are going to come to pick up boxes of food. They're going to pick up, um, 
pick up some coats maybe. They're going to pick up Christmas gifts for their children. And there's still a chance to get involved in that too. For one, you can still volunteer to help out that day. You could go to uh, dayofhope.org, find out a way to, to get involved. And they probably still have families that need to be adopted. Mainly it's just families with small children and they need gifts for those children. So we can be a part of bringing hope to those families. That's why it's called that. That day also, there's going to be a team there called Extreme Team or Team Extreme. And they're going to be there and they're going to be sharing the gospel. They're going to be uh, doing uh, acts of strength. Which, by the way, how many of you, I've asked this question before, how many of you are here when the uh, power team came to this stage? I don't even know how many years ago now, Brady, was it? 2010? Wow, okay, 2010, you guys here, you saw that? Well, Team Extreme is a version of that, and so they'll be sharing three different times that day. They're going to be doing a performance of sharing the gospel, giving the greatest hope of all to the families that come. They'll get a box of food and the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's going to be exciting. That's Saturday coming up, so you can get involved in that. So if I was going to give my message a title this morning, I would call it, I Hope So. And I'll explain, I'll explain that a little bit later. But that phrase, I hope so, I've heard it in several different settings over, over, um, over the years of doing ministry. And, and especially when I go to uh, different countries and when I ask someone this question, hey, do you know if you go to heaven when you die, the, almost always I'd hear this phrase, well, I hope so. And we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit more later. So this word hope, hope can come up in several different circumstances. You saw it on the video and there's some, some, some things that are not necessarily life-threatening or life-altering hopes. Like, I hope this pie turns out okay. Anybody felt that way over Thanksgiving if you're a baking one? I hope I, I didn't gain too much weight over the holidays. I hope Brady doesn't talk too long today. Uh, you can laugh about that. That was a joke, all right? There you go, more. I hope that, that Courtney, the girl that bakes the goods, bring those little Oreo balls today. Guess what? She did. And so my hope was fulfilled, you know. When a hope deferred, that's, it makes your heart sick, you know. But when your longing is, when, you're, when it actually happens, that's pretty exciting. I hope my cell phone doesn't die in the middle of what? In the middle of the, your favorite song, your video, your conversation, whatever. We have those hopes. I hope, my, hope all these people on Facebook like my status, my picture, my whatever. You ever have those hopes? I hope they like my outfit. My hair. I hope they like my hair. Yeah, I hope they like my car. I hope they like my... On and on. I hope my teacher doesn't ask for our homework tomorrow. Any students in the room feel that way? You're hoping she'll forget, or he'll forget, and they'll go on to something else. And you can have another day to do it. I hope I get everything on my Christmas list this year. I hope the Royals are good next year. I hope the Chiefs beat the donkeys tonight. Any Bronco fans in the room? I hope they make 10 more Hunger Game movies. I hope not. <laughs> because th- th- there's already enough of those out there. Okay, so then the hopes get a little more serious, right? So those were, okay, if those things happen, great. If they don't happen, life goes on, right? So they get a little more serious when we think about, I hope Uncle John is able to make it to Christmas this year. Or on the other side of that, you might say, I hope Uncle John is not there this year depending on who your Uncle John is. I hope they call me back about that job. I hope we can buy some nice gifts for our kids this year. I hope we have enough money to cover all of the bills this month. I hope my husband doesn't want a divorce. I hope someone will love me one day so that maybe I could be married. I hope the kids at school will be nice to me. I hope the test results come back negative. 
I hope this pain that I have goes away. I hope the chemo is effective. I hope my wife is pregnant. I hope I'm not pregnant. Those scenarios could happen to two people standing right next to one another. I hope my kids will make better choices than I did when I was their age. I hope my kids will follow Jesus when they get older. If a situation is negative, right, we want the hope to end soon. Some would say maybe hope stands for hold on, pain ends. If it's a positive thing, if it's exciting, we hope it'll never end. And I hope this movie just lasts forever. I just love this movie. Or I hope this goes on forever. I hope this never ends. I hope Christmas season lasts all year long. Or you hope Christmas gets over quickly <laughs> so you can move on. We hold out hope as if it's something that we can physically hold on to, right? As we can grasp it. In some cases, maybe hope is just wishful thinking. If it happens, great. If not, no harm is done. But in other situations, hope maybe is all that you have. Either way, hope involves time. It involves waiting. There's a gap, right? There's a, I want you to think about this. There's a gap between reality and then what we hope to happen. There's a gap between those two things, between our situation as it is and the end result. And so I want to talk about that this morning because I believe hope in the right thing and hope in the right way can build a bridge in that distance between where we are and what we hope to happen. Hope actually becomes that bridge. I want you to turn to me, with me to uh, Isaiah chapter 9. Because, because we're talking about this coming, this coming of this, this birth of this child, the coming of Christ into the world. And there's obviously several scenarios and several stories in the Bible where the people were, they needed hope. Or maybe they were running out of it. And so Isaiah chapter 9 is a very familiar passage. So to give the punchline away early on in the message, we must realize that Jesus is our hope. And that Jesus is the one who is the bridge between our current reality and where God wants us to be. And that is in every situation. Jesus is that bridge. And so this is a, this is a prophecy of, that, of this Jesus coming into the world. So Isaiah chapter 9 says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. In the past, people were living in distress. The times were hard. The times are hard because the king was evil. And the people had done wrong in God's eyes. And they were taken captive by other people coming into their land, taking residence where they were living, and taking over. And people were left there 
um, maybe without hope. Or maybe the only thing they had was hope that things would change. That maybe freedom would come eventually, that we wouldn't be held captive forever. You ever had a situation in your life where you felt like, man, this feels like this should just go on forever? You ever felt that way? Kids, you ever felt that way at school? But you know what the hope is? The hope is 245 comes, right? What happens at 245 in this building? The bell rings, right? And then you're free. You're free. Free to go. Well, some of you are free to go to practice, and then they stay, it doesn't end. You still got other things to do. But you're free to go, and you have hope every single morning when school starts. You know, it's going to end someday. Well, these people, obviously, it's a little bit different in school. They were held in captivity. They were living in darkness. Spiritual darkness. And all they had was a hope of a, of a Messiah. They were hoping that he would come. So this is, listen to this prophecy. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. What is the greatest gift to darkness? It's light, right? The greatest gift to darkness, the perfect gift if you're in darkness, is light. To show the way. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned at just the right time in just the right place. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the days of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. In the day in Midian's defeat, Gideon was used by God in a time where maybe Gideon felt there was no hope. And they gather some sh- soldiers to defeat this army, and he gathers thousands of soldiers. But God says, you have too many. You have too many. I don't want you to do it with your might and with your strength. Matter of fact, I want you to just trust me. I can do it with much less. And he ends up doing it with how many soldiers? How many know? 300 soldiers. 300 soldiers. So God gets the glory, right? God gets the glory when he shows up. When there seems to be no hope, God shows up and delivers them. It's a powerful picture. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire because God doesn't need force. He doesn't need power or strength in an army to deliver his people. All he he needs is his son, the Prince of Peace, which we'll talk about next week. He needs Jesus to come in to set his people free. All the other stuff that was used before, don't need it anymore. For to us, a child is born To us, the Son is given, and the government will be on His shoulders, and He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty, God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of His government and the peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. There is no greater darkness and no greater separation from a current reality to where God wants us to be than the reality of our own sin. That's not a very popular subject. 
especially it's Christmas, we should talk about joyful things. But the greatest darkness man has ever, ever experienced in this world is not captivity by a foreign government who comes in and takes over. It's the captivity that comes in our own depravity, in our own sin. There's no greater darkness, no greater separation than that. And God saw a need to take care of that for his people. So when people were living in darkness, he sent Jesus into the world. And this is a prophecy about that happening. Jesus comes to be hope, right? Jesus comes to be the bridge between where we were, which the Bible says we're in our, in our sin, we are dead. And he comes to be a bridge unto life so that through faith in Jesus Christ, we can experience life. Life that doesn't just mean that we're going to spend eternity in heaven, which is awesome, which makes all the difference in the world, but it means that Jesus is going to be with us right now, right here, in the moments of our, our deepest struggles to give us what? To give us hope. Jesus, the Bible says, is the mediator between God and man. I love this passage of Scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 5 and 6, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed at the proper time. Like once, once again, when people were living in darkness at just the right time, at just the right place, Jesus comes to this land that has a history of darkness and captivity. And Jesus comes there to be the light of the world to set the people free. That, ladies and gentlemen, should give you some incredible hope. That makes all the difference in the world for me as a pastor when I'm standing next to a casket of one who has fallen asleep in Jesus. And that just happened Friday. I did a funeral for a 55-year-old man. Sat down in his recliner, went to watch a little TV, Two days later, his daughter hadn't heard from him, and she went to, to check on him, and he was, he'd fallen asleep in Christ. And the first question I asked his daughter, I said, was your dad a person of faith? Yes, he was. He knew Jesus. Scripture says that we do not have to grieve like those who have no what? Hope. Because those who have fallen asleep in Christ are not really dead at all. <laughs> They're alive, and they'll rise again. They'll rise first, and the rest of us who are left behind will be caught up in the air to be with God, with him in heaven forever. It's an exciting thing. So there's hope that comes even in death, and Jesus has provided that for us. And we cannot forget that. I think we get wrapped up in too many things going on. We put our hope maybe in other things, and we forget where our hope must come from, and that is in this man Jesus who become a ransom for all people. It's a powerful picture. So when I would talk to people in different countries or maybe even in America, I'd say, do you know Jesus? Do you know you would, if you died today, would you be in the presence of God? Would you go to heaven? Have you, if you fall asleep, would it be in Christ? And people have this phrase. They say, I hope so. I said, you hope so? Wouldn't you want to know so? Like, wouldn't you want to know for sure? Wouldn't that be like one of the most, probably the most important thing to nail down on this side of eternity? Do I know for sure? Do I know Jesus for sure? Because if you have Jesus, you have everything you need. You have 
the greatest hope of all. And so then begin to share the, share the truth with them, share the gospel with them and, so that they can maybe put their trust in Jesus. But, but I think that, that hope part is this, they hope because they feel like, I, maybe I'm just not good enough, Brady. You know, maybe I've made too many mistakes. I've failed too many times. Maybe, maybe yeah, Brady, I did put my hope in things that weren't of God and those things have disappointed me and, and I just feel like God just doesn't love me anymore. So, so I've just felt, I've just gone, I'm just kind of out of hope. But Jesus, if we know him, Colossians 1.27 says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mercy, this, or this mystery. It's just the mystery which is Christ in you is the hope of glory. It's that, that expectation of seeing Jesus face to face someday. That can give us hope today. So, in Christ, we not just have hope, obviously, for eternity, but we have hope in everyday situations. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 61. Do you believe that, that Jesus is concerned about your daily life? That he's concerned about the situations going on right now in your home? I hope you believe that's true because it is. Like he, he is concerned about all of the little details. And so this is another prophecy in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 61, about the ministry that Jesus was going to perform when he was going to come to earth and the things that Jesus was going to accomplish. And so I want you to look at this situation and see how can hope be found in this situation, these situations through Christ. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. So Jesus came to bring good news, bring hope to the poor. He has sent me to bind up, bring hope to the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim freedom and hope for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To bring hope for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in the day of vengeance of our God to comfort and bring hope to all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion. So he gives them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, right? Jesus is a good gift giver, by the way. He's the best gift giver of all. The oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. It's a beautiful, powerful picture. But there are people all around us, maybe even people that come and gather here this morning that I realize that you might feel like that you have, can't get to the other end. You feel like, yeah, I know the ashes part, but I don't know about the crown of beauty. Yeah, I feel like I'm in mourning, but what about the oil of joy? I feel like I have a spirit of despair, but I would really rather trade that in for a garment of praise. Is, is it possible that I could do that? Is, is there some hope for me? Is there a possibility that could happen? Yesterday I was texting a, this young friend that I hadn't heard from for a while. She graduated last year. And I asked her, I said, um, you know, this basic question, hey, how are you doing? I haven't heard from you for a while. She, she began to tell me that some people, she disappointed some people. She didn't really do what um, some of her family wanted her to do. 
And she said, people really don't understand until they know what I've been through. And that's true for all of us, right? People really don't understand you until they know what you've been through. Or maybe they've experienced the same thing. Story after story in this room alone. Things that your family has been through. And people really just don't understand. People try, but they just don't get it. I know this is a cliche for some, maybe. But this is what I shared with her. She said, people really don't understand or know what I've been through. She goes, Brady, I don't think I'm a bad person. You know, it's hard enough to convince myself of that. Have you ever had to try to convince yourself that you're not a bad person? The voices sometimes in our head tell us that we are. Those voices aren't from the Lord, the giver of hope. (laughs) I promise you it's not. It's hard enough to convince myself. Now I feel like I have to convince everyone else too. Ever feel like you have to do that? Show everybody else that that you're not a bad person trying to prove to everyone else around you? She said, I've messed up. I've made mistakes. But nobody will, will or could understand until they've been where I've been. And so here's my, here's my preacher answer. <laughs> I replied, you are loved with an everlasting love. And God's grace is sufficient for you. He understands And that's all that matters. And you know what she said? I hope so. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to hope today that God understands. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt. He knows your situation. He knows where you've been. He knows where you are today. He even knows where you're going to go tomorrow, and he still loves you. That's what I told her. I said, he knows me. He knows the mistakes that I've made. He knows how I'm prone to fail. But God still loves me because God is patient. God still holds out hope (laughs) that I'll get from where I'm at to where he wants me to be. And he's just long-suffering. He doesn't give up on me. And he doesn't give up on you. Jesus has come to take care of those issues. No matter what it is that you're going through, the prophecy is fulfilled in you. He said, I've come to make these things right. And listen, as a body of Christ, as Christians, we're supposed to grab a hold of that hope, and we're supposed to hold it out for others that need to know the same hope that we have found in Christ, right? Right? come in contact with people all the time that don't know who Jesus is. And they're still living in darkness, and you need to shine that light for them. You come in people who are hurting, and people who on the day of hope will come and need, because they need food, they're hungry, and they're brokenhearted, or whatever it is. We can offer that hope to them as a church. So here's what we're going to do this morning. Vicki, would you come on up? We're going to give you an opportunity just right now, right where you're at. I want you to just bow your head and close your eyes. And I want you to prepare your heart 
prepare him room. So maybe this morning you need the hope that is offered in Christ. Maybe you've never really truly put your faith and trust in Jesus. And you're still a person living in darkness. And you need to see that light. The light that is offered, the hope that is offered in Christ Jesus. It says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, that we'll be saved. And this chasm between death and life will be the bridge will come in the name of Jesus. And because of what Jesus did for you on the cross, because of his love, great love for you, he paid the ransom for you, you can know life. And you can, you no longer have to hope so that you're going to be okay when you die. You can know so this morning. That's the first and greatest gift I could offer you today. So prepare your heart. Prepare your heart to come and receive the bread and the juice. And we'll celebrate communion together. So we're just going to have a few moments, a moment of silence, and I'm going to ask Vicki to start playing. When she starts pl- playing, um, just as orderly as possible, <laughs> just come forward, take a piece of bread, take a cup, and then let's just spread out. Remember, if you have um, a prayer request, or if you have an offering to give, any of those things, and if you guys are helping with the offering or the, the um, communion, come on up. So Father in heaven, we just pray right now that you would prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts for the hope that is in Christ to come. To come for salvation of our souls, to come to give us relief in the pain that we're experiencing right now. That, that like this young woman, we just, we just don't have to hope so, Lord, anymore. We can know today that you are concerned about our, our cares and our needs and you you know what it is that we need, Father. And I pray that you would meet us in this place, that we would experience the hope that comes only in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray for everyone that's here this morning that they would know that they can make themselves right with you, right at this particular moment. Just all they have to do is pray. All they have to do is seek you, Lord, and you are there. I pray that they would experience you in a powerful way, Lord, as they come forward to give and to receive. So come, Lord. Be the hope that we need in this particular moment, in this, in this time, in this place, right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus gathered with his followers on the night that he was betrayed, said that he broke bread. He told them that this was his body that was going to be broken for them. And then he shared a cup with them. He transformed this, this Passover celebration that had, had been going on for, for years to remember and to celebrate the freedom, the hope that came through the release of, of the captives, the people who were in Egypt. And Jesus transforms it because he tells them that this is my body and he tells them that the blood that was going to be spilled was going to be a new covenant. He's the mediator the giver of this new covenant. He's telling them that I am now the hope of the world. And when people put their trust in me, I become the one 
who is the bridge between God and man. You can find life in me. So, Lord, we, we thank you for the gift of this body broken for us. And we do this in the remembrance of your gift. So take and eat. And the scripture says that without the shedding of blood, that there is no forgiveness. Sin came into the world through one man. And Jesus, one man, took away the sins of the world by offering himself on the cross. And when he poured out his blood for you and me, he provided for us the forgiveness. It is the thing that gives us the hope, hope of eternal life. So Jesus, when we take this cup, we do this in remembrance of what you've done for us. So take and drink. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May you continue to experience the compassionate love of the Father. Thank you so much for being here this morning. There is a trash can right over here in the corner. Jacob's standing over there. If you want to hand him his, your cups, you can throw those away. We thank you for being here this morning. We thank you as we gather each and every Sunday, we'll continue to light the candles to represent the fullness of God in Christ coming into the world. And uh, thank you so much for the box. Now, if you guys have a box still to donate, um, where's, where's my truck guy? See, oh, there he is. Where's your truck at? That little alleyway, all right. When you're leaving this morning, there's, a, there's an exit out the back of the building. He's got a truck out there. That's where we're going to put the boxes. So anybody that feels like, hey, I, I want to help do that, and you want to load up one of the boxes, you can grab it. Or if you have a box in your car that you haven't got yet, we can, we can take care of it then. And those will be delivered to the Rock of KC this week, and people will be fed. People will have hope. So let us close in prayer. Father, we praise you and we thank you the offering of Jesus and the hope that he brings, not only for eternal life, but he brings hope for the situation that we're in right now, God. We don't have to hope so. We can know because of our trust and our, and our faith in, in you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you have proven to us that we can trust you, God. And So God, I pray you'd go with these people, bless them and keep them. May they know hope this Christmas season. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're a young person and you want information about the retreat, Jake was over there with the trash can. So thank you, and we'll see you next week.